some things do be retrograde. Welcome to the show. Yay, but guess what? Not the planets, not right now. Not right now. I'm Elizabeth Cott. I'm Stephanie Simbari. And this is the Halloween week episode of our little podcast that could. Oh my God. On today's show, we've got a double-double for you. Mm -hmm. One that might maybe relate to Halloween and one that doesn't really at all. Um, But... So we have Thomas John, medium to the stars, yes, on the program today. Mm-hmm. But first, we have our dear friends Martin Spangers, Jordan Harkins, and Raviv Allman here to talk to us about a very serious situation that's going on right now that's been in the news, the Dakota Pipeline. We've seen it everywhere, but I'll be honest, not really sure the ins and outs of the scenario. So they're here to talk to us about it, as well as their Kickstarter on the documentary highlighting this and a slew of other environmental issues that are going on in the United States called Standing Ground. So in the interest of kicking this episode off... Should we just go right to that? I think we should, because it's a lot of great stuff, and I don't think that we really need to spend too much time... No one wants to hear us talking. ...being self-indulgent right now. Right. I mean, I'm just going to talk about how I'm... You know, I'm losing eyelashes, and... uh, We'll get there. You know, yeah, we'll get there, you guys. Stay... Buckle up, guys. (laughs) Buckle Um, up. We got more Chilean details to follow. Beautiful. Let's cut to the interview. Yes. Okay, so today we have a special little situation happening here in the studio. We We have have the threesome of guests. We have a trio, a trifecta of friendship, and also people who are attempting to change the world in a beautiful way. We have Raviv Ullman and Jordan Harkins and Martin Spangers here. Hey, guys. Hello, everyone. Spangers. Oh, Spangers. My bad. Whoa. I've only been friends with him for... You only live together. Yeah. (laughs) And, well, it does mean man from Spain in Dutch, so Spangers, you know, is kind of of works. We're here to talk about Martin's last name. (laughs) I've actually, I've taken to calling him Spingers, which means man who constantly spins in circles. (laughs) Like a Jewish spinner? Yeah. Well, Do you guys know what that is? No, it is. More like, like a, a whirling a dervish. Woman, old oh, woman, right? No, 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 no. It's an, uh, like a tiny Jewish girl with having sex with her. She can like move her. Yeah, that's a spinner. Oh, that's the name Elizabeth gave herself. She's like, have you heard of a spinner? It's what people used to call me. It's an actual thing. I learned it on Millionaire Matchmaker. Okay? Oh, that must I'm so be glad they're all staying in the appropriate land for yeah. this. Anyways, back to the task at hand. Um, these guys have uh, come together to shine light on something you guys might have heard of, which is the Dakota Access Pipeline. And they're going to tell you about that. And they're going to make a documentary about it called Standing Ground. And we wanted to have them on the show to talk a little bit about the pipeline and their project and also what you guys can do to contribute to this great thing that they're doing. Yeah. Good so. outline stuff. Love that. Thank you. Um, Raviv. Gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. Can you explain oh, to us what the scenario is right now in North Dakota? Yeah. Yeah, great. So this is Jordan. Hi, Jordan. Jordan. Clear your throat. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the on? show. No, no, this is intentional. Oh, okay. this is your radio <laughs> voice? Okay. Okay, yeah, is that better? Okay. Nice and mysterious. Yeah. Um, so we were first kind of brought, uh, this was brought to our attention about six, about six weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, it was the first I had heard of it, and... The Dakota Access Pipeline is very similar to the Keystone XL Pipeline, where in the uh, in the top part of our nation, in North and South Dakota, uh, there is a very, very large reserve of um, of oil and and of potential energy to draw out of the ground. So, with the Keystone XL Pipeline, which was a construction project that was halted, that was going to take a lot of 
fracked oil from uh, from the tar sands in Canada and bring it down for refinement in Texas. Uh, this is similar in, in scale. It's similar as a uh, as a financial endeavor. And what is different about this one, which really struck a chord with us and all of the other activists who are bringing awareness to it, is that this is a project that was denied construction permits in Bismarck, North Dakota. Um, the reason for that being that the residents of, North, of, uh, of Bismarck felt that it was far too great a threat to their water supply, mm-hmm. and they didn't want it running underneath their city. Um, so the project was moved downriver a little bit to the, um, uh, to the reservation, to the, uh, to the lands of the Standing Rock Sioux Nation, and through some clever, expedited backdoor loophole bureaucratic bullshit trickery um they were granted uh they were granted permits to start building this pipeline and not only does it pose the very same threat to to this to this community which is uh you know a spill that would threaten the water supply to not just this this nation and not just these tribes but to everyone who relies on fresh water for survival along the missouri river which is 17 million people Not only is, is it a threat to them, but it's also uh, in, in violation to a federal treaty, which is the um, National Preservation Act. The National Historic Preservation Act. That's correct. The National Historic Preservation Act, which is what uh, is a treaty that we that the federal government signed with uh, Indian tribes to preserve their territorial uh, sovereignty, to uh, preserve their cultural sacred grounds. And so... Um, that's kind of where we entered, you know, somewhat naively about uh, six weeks ago and have really uh, been inspired to kind of turn our activist brains on and utilize the skills that we have uh, coming from backgrounds as filmmakers and people involved in, in filmmaking and, and activism to put together this project and, and look at not just this pipeline, we use it as an entry point to talk about a lot of different pipeline projects that are happening and and how we're directly involved as consumers of, of fossil fuels and how we're directly involved as constituents and part of the electorate. And, um, you know, I, I've been very lucky to have been brought on uh, by these two very inspired folks, uh, Marty and Raviv, and it's it's been a very, very <laughs> good process Um getting to know the native perspective and, and there's just so much to unpack. Yeah. I mean, we, um, you know, something that I've been really, we've all been really inspired by lately is, is that the solutions are out there, right? We talk about, we've been talking for years about trying to wean ourselves off of fossil fuels and go to clean energy and solar and wind and hydroelectricity, which, um, those options are available to us. The question to me that I would like to know that I that that we haven't fully figured out yet or I haven't figured out for myself is how do we get there? And we have a lot of really active people now and we have a whole movement in North Dakota um, and the green movement is large and growing. Uh, the question is then how do we get to the point where those decisions are being made or up against these pipeline companies, this, this pipeline alone is a $3.7 billion project. Um, so we're talking about being up against a huge system 
lots of money. And what it seems to be coming down to is money over people. Mm-hmm. And these uh, these companies, you know, they're in the oil industry. And, and, and the answer is, you know, a month ago or so, there was an oil pipeline, there was a pipeline spill, I think in, was it Alabama? And they, something like 520,000 barrels of oil leaked. Um, and they called a state of emergency. But they didn't call the state of emergency because of environmental concerns, they called the state of emergency because they were afraid that we weren't going to have enough petroleum for our gas stations. Mm. So what that says to me is that we're not ready to turn off our oil supply because we are totally dependent on it. Um, So we do need to stop these oil pipelines. We do need to move towards clean energy. Um, But there's a lot that needs to happen before that is done. With the Dakota Access Pipeline in particular, there are other pipelines that run from the north of the country to the south of the country. Do we need to be running through native land? Um, do we need to be running through the Missouri River, which does supply clean water to 17 million people? Uh, the answer is no. But these companies, uh, they're companies, and they must grow constantly um, to please their shareholders. So what would be the alternative then to, you know, I think it's – Yes, green energy, yes, getting off of oil. But in the interim, while we're obviously not completely there yet as a society, like how can they transport the oil without using a pipeline? It's currently being transferred already via rail and truck. So what's wrong with that? Uh, It's it's a pretty dirty way to do it. It's it's also very expensive. Um, So Reviv had mentioned the figure of it's a $3.7, $3.8 billion project. Yeah. That's a $3.8 billion construction project, which has been underway for about a year and a a little longer than a year. Don't quote me on the specific number on that. But the thing is that the potential revenue over the course of one year, which is about 500,000 barrels a day, I think comes out to about $10 billion in revenue in just a year. So this is a big bang in return. Uh, You know, if you're able to like, float that, that cash and, and open this pipeline, this is, it's obviously a very, very lucrative business. Other pipelines as well are already there, but they have never gone across these four states in this way to cross the rivers like this and threaten the water supply. They've all had to go north and go down the Minnesota border. And so, like, why this has been, like, greenlit to do this, the first project to do this, is questionable. And at the very least, you know, 18 million people, it's not only crossing the Missouri River, it's crossing the Mississippi River. Yeah. So this is a very, very uh, risky project that's essentially been rubber stamped by the Army Corps of Engineers. It's also it's also like, you know, another conversation on, okay, they moved it out of like where the white people live, basically. And they put it it is. That's exactly what it is. They put it in a place where it's like people who don't have a voice, who don't no one fucking gives a shit about. We've completely discarded the Native American population like across the board. And that's why it's so awesome that you guys and other activists are fighting for it because like who would listen to these to these people? Nobody is. And I feel like when I saw your documentary, I was or the Kickstarter video, Mm -hmm. it was like Suddenly, you're putting a face and a voice to a people that is are easy for for this nation because we're conditioned to just like look the other direction. And the really crazy thing about that is that you know it, it is desecrating their ancient grave sites. You know, so you think about uh, if somebody was tearing up your grandmother's grave, what would you do about it? Um, but at the same time, they're standing up. 
for us. They're standing up for uh, not only the people below them in the country uh, along the Missouri River who need water supply, but they're standing up for our Earth yeah. and, mm -hmm. and for our planet. And that's not uh, a native issue. That is not an indigenous population issue. It is an international concern and uh, and a an, an immediate concern. And if we don't act immediately, uh, we're going to be in a lot of trouble. And the thing is, and the, the exciting, inspirational part is that there the answers are there. Uh, we can turn this ship around, and 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 we're heading in that direction. I mean, our our generation and the generation below us is awake. Um, and that's really exciting. Even just in, 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 since we've put up this Kickstarter, the outreach has been incredible. Uh, we see that people are ready for something. How um, can we help? We're sitting here, we're listening, we're with you. What can we and our listeners do to help support this cause? So we're, we're all already involved. We are all a part of the situation. And how we get more involved is by spreading awareness. And that's what we know we can do by making this film. We can spread awareness. But in order to have a successful film, we need that grassroots campaign of people backing it mm -hmm. and getting it behind it, right? So through Kickstarter, you can donate and you can share. Those are the two most important things. That's how we build our base and build awareness. Um, I just want to say, though, too, like I love that um, – what you, what you said, Raviv, is so true. Like, this is not a new issue. Like, we've been fucking just irresponsibly accidentally dumping oil into the water supply for basically the entire 20th century. I mean, if you read about Exxon Valdez and what they did and how they covered everything up, it's, like, insanely fucked up. I mean, this past weekend, there was an oil spill in Pennsylvania. It, it is constant. There's an average of 100 a year. I mean, it, and... and, and and the national news doesn't cover it. So this pipeline spill in, in Pennsylvania was covered by the local newspapers, and that's about it. Luckily, because of social media and Twitter, and depending on who you follow, um, you can figure this out. But, but, but you know, what is the use in knowing that there's oil spills? The use in knowing is that we talk about it so that that dialogue can create change. If you look back in history, every single social movement that ever was started because of dialogue. Yeah. We, we get together and you make a lot of noise and people say, well, making a lot of noise doesn't do anything and that's a load of bullshit because that is exactly how you get people moving forward is by conversing. Uh, uh, recently, you know, everywhere I go right now, everybody's talking about Trump and Hillary and that is Blah. it. If we spent yeah. a half <laughs> of the time that we did talking about Trump and Hillary, talking about moving forward with clean energy, talking about who you're gonna vote for in your state elections. Mm -hmm. Who are you voting for in Congress? Who are you voting for uh, your local sheriff's department? I mean, half of the issue in North Dakota is that the Morton County Sheriff and the local police are, are, are grossly, I mean, the, the misconduct is just uh, insane. They're keeping, they're strip searching people um, after being arrested for traffic stops. They're keeping people in jail overnight. This is the protesting. Naked. Naked. The, the this is the protesters in, in the water protesting. protectors. Yeah, yeah, the, the protectors out in North Dakota. Um, so we have to pay attention to what is happening on the local level. And while it is true that our federal government can step in and help create change or request a stop, you know, the Obama administration coming in 
um, and for the halt that happened in North Dakota for the construction site was a request. That's basically what it came down to. They requested that the construction companies stop. They didn't stop. Um, where these decisions are made are on the state level. And if we paid half as much attention to our local governments um, as we do to the bullshit that's happening, uh, you know, uh, talking the grand about charade. <laughs> the grand charade of it all, then we could actually make a difference. Yeah. Um, so, so dialogue is how you create change. Dialogue, with, you know, look, this is uh, right now, it's, it's a hot button issue because of the indigenous nation in North Dakota, and they are standing up for all of us. So this Thanksgiving, when you're sitting around your table uh, celebrating the birth of this nation, what a fantastic time to bring this issue up um, around, around the dinner table. Bring it up to your family, and you know what? It's scary to do because it's a scary topic. Um, mm -hmm. But we all have the ability to do it. You don't have to. Uh, you don't have to go get arrested in North Dakota. If you are able, then go to North Dakota, tie yourself to a pipeline. Absolutely. Um, but but if you don't have not, to. If not, they can just the donate to your Kickstarter. <laughs> and and well, let's be very clear. Yeah. None, of, none of us are tying <laughs> ourselves to any. You. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I want to say one thing really quickly just to kind of um, elevate what, what Raviv is saying uh, on, on two notes. First of all, something that I heard, which I think is fascinating and, and kind of essential to make ourselves all aware of, is that um, indigenous populations represent about 4% of our global population. However, they also are kind of uh, protecting and are the guardians of more than 80% of our natural resources. Mm. The reason for that being that indigenous populations tend to live in a outside of what we would, you know, typically deem, no, I don't want to come across as, as, as ignorant, but like, I guess, modern civilization, Society. right? Like they are, yes, they're, they're operating in, a, in, in somewhat sovereign autonomous zones that aren't, you know, overlapping, or in some cases are. Once again, don't want to sound ignorant on that. But um, the, the, the fact of the matter is, is that they are upholding such an important part of our of our natural world and we need to elevate these voices and we need to understand that what they're doing is not profit driven and it is not short-sighted these are traditions that have existed for thousands of years and if we don't pay attention to the things that that they're that they're requesting that we do and we stay in our kind of consumerist you know capitally driven lane which is fine while we're all enjoying our iPhones and able to be on our computers and everything. That's all great. But we need to have a little more perspective and foresight. And, and these populations are the ones who are doing it and they, they need our support. And, they, and, and, they continue. And, and on top of that, too, you know, something that, what, you know, uh, Martin and I spent time out in North Dakota at Standing Rock uh, and, and something that was pointed out to us was that in Native culture, decisions are made by considering seven generations ahead. Um, oh, wow. And that is a decision made that that decisions are made, uh, ac you know, ac across across tribes that way by looking seven generations ahead. In American capitalist society, we are on a, we make decisions on a quarterly basis. So how are we going to make the most money in three months from now? Yeah. And if we were to start thinking about what happens seven generations, we we talk about. My children, I want to make this world safer for my children. Well, what about your children's 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 children? They have and no we, water. We, they, they have no I mean, either that or we're all, or, or there's way too much water and we've all drowned because America's sunk uh, because <laughs> our polar ice caps are melting. Or, right, you're, right. or so, you're paying $1,000 for a gallon of water. Jeez. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've already seen things like that begin to happen. You know, it's not far off. Um, but again, the answers are out there. We just got to we got to talk about it so that we continue to progress. Uh, progressive nature is uh, is thought of as radical, but progressing is the natural state of the world. We progress. Uh, so we're all progressive. We just have to commit to that. Beautiful. You guys, thank you. I'm so proud so of you. So much. Sorry, did you want to throw something out I was just going to say to kind of really? like end, oh. on, end on a positive note, like I think that what a terrific era we live in where we have the tools at our disposal to share this with each other. So to once again kind of like make sure that if any of you are affected by this, the most important thing that you can do is get involved with the Kickstarter Standing Ground film, um, spread it with your friends. If you can donate, amazing. If not, keep yeah, every donation counts. The amazing thing about Kickstarter is if you put in uh, five dollars, that's helping. The and price then you're of your up. cup of coffee. Yeah, and if you can put in, you know, ten thousand dollars, that also helps. <laughs> <laughs> if you happen Huge. to have like a million laying around, Massive. they'll take but, it. So this, so this will directly bring you guys back to the site, so you can cover, spread the information, and make change. Yes, yeah, and, and also, by the way, this is gonna like. The, that one site, the Dakota Access Pipeline, is just a portion of the film. We're going to be talking to thought leaders across the innovation sectors and energy in, in policy and government. We're really just the, – the, the Dakota Access is, is the tip of the iceberg. So And other pipelines as well. I mean this is happening everywhere. Every community from down in Texas with ranchers getting their land taken away from there and through eminent domain uh, all the way to New Jersey. I mean you name it. It's happening everywhere. Wow. Okay. Thank you so much Thank for, you. for having all us, this guys, hot really. info. Um, <laughs> just, Raviv, we're Skyping you in, hence my emails going off. I felt the need to disclaimer that. Um, oh, yeah. I appreciate <laughs> Thanks oh, for Skyping me. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> um, and then... Uh, now, you guys, if you want to check this out, you can go to at Stand Ground Film on Twitter mm-hmm. or search Kickstarter Standing Ground Film. Yep. And if you want to check these guys out, please state your name and your handle accordingly, fellows. Hello, my name is Raviv Ullman, and my handle is at Raviv Ullman, R-A-V-I-V-U-L-L-M-A-N. <laughs> Thank you for doing that. <laughs> and I'm Martin Spangers. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at M-A-R-T-I-N-S-P-A-N-J-E-R-S. It's Spangers, not Spangers. Correct. Got it. And I'm Jordan Harkins, and I don't engage in social media. <laughs> Respect. All right, that was a group gentlemen. decision. That, that was a group decision. We looked seven generations ahead and thought it was for the best. Perfect. Thank you guys. Thank you for guys being so here. much. Thank, Thank you. you. Yes, that's a retrograde. Now, uh, okay, switching gears a little. Thank you guys so much for sharing that information with us, and I'm sure our lovely listeners are going to check that out yeah. and see what they can do. And we're going to have a link to that Kickstarter, of course, on our newly remodeled thatsretrograde.com. Have you checked Thanks it out? Thanks to the babes at Willa Creative Agency in Venice, California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, switching gears. Yes. Uh, now, kind of a lot. So, you guys, look, this next guest is a medium, a psychic medium with a lot of clairvoyant gifts. Now, you might be asking yourself, what does that have to do with Halloween? (laughs) Well, have you heard of ghosts? Halloween has. Halloween has, for sure. Let's bring our vibes over to our Thomas John interview. Yes. Beautiful. 
So today on the program, we have a guest that we are really excited to have. We've been trying to manifest destiny, a person of your ilk for quite some time, <laughs> you guys. We have Psychic Medium. Thomas John on the yes. program. <laughs> Welcome to the show. We are so thrilled. Thank you. To have My you pleasure. here. And thank you for wearing your cutest shoes. <laughs> yeah, that's important for us. Those glittery slides. I need a <laughs> pair of those. So we we often crowdsource. We ask our listeners what it is that they want us to talk about. And a psychic medium has mm. frequently been on top of the list. Oh, so cool. there is interest. Well, happy to be here. And yes. we are interested and we are so excited for you to be here. Talk to us about uh, what it is exactly you do. So um, I work with people as a clairvoyant and as an intuitive and as a psychic, all, you know, guiding people. Um, and I also make connections to people who have died. So people, you know, souls that have passed over um, and give them validation that they're still around them and guidance that they might have. Um, and so that's kind of what I do. And I, you know, I basically, I'm a, I also am a teacher. So I'm a teacher of intuition. And so I do classes to help people um, tap into their intuition. So what's the difference between a clairvoyant and a psychic? Really nothing. I mean, in terms of, you know, a psychic is somebody who, you know, there, there's so many flexibility with the term. Mm. Um, I mean, a clairvoyant, it would be technically, I guess, somebody who sees. Okay. Um, and a psychic could be somebody who feels or sees or knows or hears or, you know, there's different ways to be psychic. Okay. But I would say it's basically, it's kind of the same. I mean, some people, I think, don't like the term psychic, so they try to come up with other words. Right. Um, I, I personally think it's a fine term, and I, I embrace it, and, you know, it's a psychic. It's, it's, it is what it is, and I don't, you know, but it's pretty much the same thing. Okay, cool. <laughs> Was this a gift that you harnessed early on in your life? How did you come to strengthen it, and then how did it pivot into being something you do for your profession? <clears throat> Good question. <laughs> it's about five questions. But, um, I think we're all intuitive. I think that we're all born with intuition. I think that just like anybody else, I think everybody in this room can paint, everybody in this room can draw, everybody in this room can sing and talk. And so I think within reason, everybody is really intuitive. And I think that a lot of times we we may not think of it as that, or we may discount it or discredit it or not always listen to it, but I think that we're born intuitive. Children are intuitive, um, often because they don't have they don't have wisdom, they don't have teaching, they haven't been to you know, so they they learn how to do things through their intuitive system. So everybody is really basically intuitive. I think that for me, you know, this is something that I think God gives to everybody. I just think for me, maybe it's a little bit more focused or a little bit clearer, um, you know, just like, you know, everybody can be athletic doesn't mean everybody's an Olympian. There's different levels, mm. obviously, of any ability, um, but doesn't mean that nobody should try to, you know, I mean, everybody goes to the gym still, uh, but not everybody's an Olympian. And so it's the same type of thing, I think. Um, for me, I remember seeing dead people all my childhood memories. I have no memories of like, it wasn't like one day it was de no dead people and then one day there were dead people. <laughs> it was like I always just saw people. And I like think... Like in what form? Like I clearly? Would, um, I would see... Actually, it was much clearer when I was younger. Okay. So I would actually see like forms of people that I could make out look like people. They look like, you know, like... like shadows sometimes, but I could see features. Um, sometimes wow. they look like real, you know, just like normal people. Um, first person who visited me was my grandfather. And so I ended up um, 
you know, I, I, I ended up communicating with him and talking to my parents and, and, and I pretty quickly learned like from my parents' perspective that it was like not cool to be talking about dead people. Right. And they were very much like, oh my God, you know, there's something wrong with you. Like that's the devil. Like don't talk about that. And so I was, you know, I didn't get really freaked out by seeing the dead people, but I certainly did by the responses. Got worse when I went to school because, you know, I would get made fun of or I would be like, talking to people that weren't there and my teachers would call. I mean, it was everything from, oh my God, your kid has autism to he's like a schizophrenic or he's crazy or there's something wrong with him. He doesn't want to play with the other kids. But I was just like chilling with the dead people and like, okay about it. So I, I kind of shut it off when I was about 10 or 11 years old. It just got too, I mean, literally like my parents would like bring me to a counselor, bring me... And it was kind of like nothing really ever. Nobody was ever like, "Oh my God, you know this is bad." You like you're you're you know you have to do something with this kid. People would just be like, "Oh, okay, maybe he's got imagination or something." Um, and and it was also too my parents. Um, I, and I'm very open about everything. My my dad was extremely abusive, so it'd be like a trigger for him. He would get mm-hmm. literally like f- start flipping out because I would bring this up. And so I basically, at ten or eleven years old, I just start. I just really stopped talking about it. I think you know. In without even like the component of abuse, I mm-hmm. think that socially we're conditioned on a lot of levels to turn off our intuition. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. And then how did you find your way back to that? Well, yeah, I mean, and I think that I always say that intuition, you know, and it sounds kind of dramatic, but I always say like, I feel that intuition is very much, it's when people tap into it, it's often through a wound, you know, somebody has a moment of grief or they, you know, a lot of people that I know who have lost a parent early in life, they become intuitive because it's almost like their way to connect. They want to go internal. They don't mm. want to. So it's their way to connect. So um, really, I just totally, really just did not pay attention to it. I mean, I definitely did still have isolated experiences, but it's something that I just ignored. I would literally tell the people, like, don't don't come and visit me. Um, and it stopped happening. And then when I went, I went to college, and I was much more settled in my life then. My parents were divorced, and it was, like, calmer in my mm. personal life. And I went to college to study um, psychology and human development. I went to the University of Chicago, and I was just, like, studying and doing – and what happened was I started to meditate because I had never even heard of that before. And I started to meditate really as a joke first because my friend was taking this class on meditation, and I was like, that's crazy that, like, you're getting college credit to, like, sit there <laughs> yeah. and, like, stare at the walls. Literally do nothing. <laughs> nothing, right. And so I kind of, like, was like, I'll take that. Like, that sounds cool. So I went to it. And I really felt like, wow, this is really powerful. And I also felt that I could control it. I didn't feel like I was bombarded by things and feelings and stuff. And so it's something once I learned how to, you know, maybe like a little bit control it, it, it that's kind of what helped me mm. um, to not be so overwhelmed by it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're in college mm-hmm. and you're in these old Chicago buildings mm-hmm. Who comes to say what up? <laughs> Who's the person that made you be like, I can't deny this anymore? Well, you know, I think it always a lot of times happens. So I still was on this path of not – of I was embracing it a little bit more, but I still was not really embracing it. And a, a series of events kind of happened that made me. One was um, – you know, interestingly, I had never really had anybody die in my life who was significant. Like nobody, you know, that I was close to had died yet. And I had some deaths. I had a close friend who died. My mom's mom died. And they, they I started to kind of feel connected to them. Um, 
I also started to, which I always feel like helps, um, and I'm sure you guys are cultivating this within the people that follow, but I found like-minded people, so people who were kind of like open to it. Um, it also, there was a cultural shift where it was like, you know, John Edward had his first show on TV um, right around when I was starting college, and it was becoming more acceptable. People were sort of talking about it, like, you know, there were some books that hit the New York Times bestseller, so people were more open to talking to dead people in heaven and stuff like that in a spiritual way. Um and I kind of went on a personal quest, too, because I wasn't really happy in my own life. I was, um, I after college, even though I had a, you know, great college degree that my, you know, that I was super proud of, um, I wasn't really using it. I was, like, going out to bars and doing stupid things and, and just being a 22-year-old. And I felt like I'm not really living my purpose. I'm just, like, meandering and really doing nothing, kind of being like a loser, and so I decided to move really from Chicago because I felt like I wasn't really, it was in with the wrong people there. I was like going out all the time. It was just not really what I was supposed to do. And so I moved home. I kind of reset myself. I moved to New York. Um, still was never thinking like I'm going to be a psychic. And then I, I, I again, like-minded people. And um, I started to like practice it and do read, you know, it kind of just happened organically. Uh, you know, a friend of mine's mother was like really into readings and she would do things with cards and we would talk and I would say, you know, would share stories and she was like cool with it. She's like, oh yeah, you know, I feel dead people too. And it just became, so I started to share it and I think it just kind of took over, you know, just little by little by one by one. And it became sort of my profession. Because you were aligning with what was true for you, and then the world was kind of bending to that for you. Exactly. And I wasn't running from it. You know, I wasn't trying to be something that I wasn't. I wasn't trying to um, – I just think I was a lot clearer in my purpose and stuff. And it's just one of those things that I, I – it was the first time I felt like, wow, this is what I probably am supposed to do. I always had this weird inclination, that, which I guess a lot of people do, but I always had this weird – even when I was a kid – I knew I wanted to help people. It was like really weird. Like I, I didn't want to play, you know, baseball or do I wanted to like play doctor. And I just always wanted, to, I had this thing that I was going to help people or like, you know, I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be, but I think it was different manifestations of really what I, what I do now. Um, and I met some people that were, you know, into the work that I could feel were good people and they gave me some guidance. Um, so it just kind of, things kind of aligned. I always tell people, cause I, I have classes where I teach and people will say, like, I feel like I'm supposed to be, you know, doing this or helping people or an energy healer or this or that. And I say, I mean, it's one of those things that if that's what you're supposed to do, I, I promise you that you'll have no choice in the matter because mm. it will just keep presenting itself until you just you cannot. You have to listen. You have to do it. Yeah. So when you're doing a reading, um, how do you like what's the first thing yeah, that you feel we're curious about your process yeah uh-huh. so like when you get a hit of information do you hear it do you feel it do you, see do you it? smell it <laughs> um comes always actually yeah it comes i mean it, it really depends I, I i think some of it is just it just depends what you know maybe the person's energy that i'm reading the way the information can come through the clearest the way i can understand it it, it comes through all different ways um so I couldn't say that there's like a normal trajectory, but I, it just knows, um, you know, I, I, it just, it comes to me different ways sometimes. All those things, all the things you mentioned, hearing, seeing, feeling, um, I, you know, we're all clairvoyant. I mean, people who are developing their abilities, there's clairvoyance, there's clairaudience, there's clairsentience, there's um, claircognizance, and different people have different 
Can you um, explain what those mm-hmm. those are? Yeah. So clairvoyance is seeing. Mm-hmm. It's really like, you know, you can be clairvoyant in your dreams. You can see things outside of people. If people see auras, all those things are forms of clairvoyance. Um, clairaudience is really hearing, and sometimes it's even an internal hearing. Um, like clair- you would hear, like, a person say something to you that wasn't there? Or yes. you would just receive like a visual uh, audio message. Both. It could be both. Sometimes I do hear things and it almost sounds external. Okay. And sometimes I will hear things like in my head, like almost like I'm kind of talking to myself. Okay. Um, so it can be both. Mm. Um, there, and and some of these do map onto each other, you know, um, and sometimes. And so there's feeling too, which can be sensing things in your body. Or it could just be feeling a sensation. Feel. I mean, we've all had moments where we've been like drawn to certain people, drawn, not, you know, like you just get a sense. Um, a gut feeling. Yeah, a gut feeling and also, but, you know, then sometimes people get caught up on that and they think that they're supposed to feel something in their tummy. Right. And so it's more of a sense that comes through you. Um, but, yeah, you can have just a warm or a negative or, um, you know, you may be around somebody and sad and not know why. So there's, I think there's different. Mm. Um, and then claircognizance is just knowing. It's just a knowingness that comes um, you know, you have people who will say, I, I knew that was going to happen, or if an idea pops to you out of your head. I always say, like, a lot of times, um, you know, you might get a thought just that comes out of nowhere, and you're like, that's weird, I'm thinking of that person, then they call. Mm. Or you, you know. That happens to me yeah. all the time. All the time. So that's a claircognizance, you okay. know. And there's different moments of that, you know. This chick Claire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. That's so interesting. So when you're, how are you able to turn it on and turn off? For instance, um, you're New York and L.A. based. There's constantly people around. Mm-hmm. Are you able to be like, okay, I'm going to walk in this coffee shop and keep it chill and not and, and shut off all, all the yeah. clairs? Or are we going to like, <laughs> are you going to walk in and have to decipher information? You know, I will say I'm definitely very careful of who I involve in my energy space. And I think at first, I, you know, when I started, to, you know, developing my gift, um, I probably so I'm I'm very careful with who I really bring close to me. Mm. Um, just because I am so sensitive and I do feel things and sense things, and it can be hard in friendships or dating or other things where you sort of sense the underbelly of things or mm. the un, you know that can be hard. Um, and you know, um, my spiritual teacher Carolyn May says that intuition is one of the most um, it's one of the most painful um, human experiences that we have because. It really, it's that voice that's like, that's not right. Why are you doing that? You know, and it's so it's sort of, it, it can be, um, sometimes it, it, it can it can be a source of um, pain in a way. Um, and, and, and so I, I also have um, the belief too, but I'm not like oversensitive in terms of, there's definitely certain locations that I'll be at or situations, but I'm pretty good about kind of, you know, shutting. And also I think that, and this is something I teach a lot in my classes, I do feel that at a certain level, um, like people think about like psychic protection. I'll get that a lot. People are like, I don't want to open up because I don't want like negative or like low energies bothering me or something. And what I tell people is if you're in a vibrational state that's really high and you're in a place where you're, you know, really trying to affirm that state in a place of gratitude and a place of light... It's hard, really hard for one. I mean, it's not impossible, but it's harder for these energies. It's to get at you. So you really, it's about what you attract in. And so I think that sometimes people who 
are overly exposed or overly empathic or feel like they're over, you know, and at some level they're manifesting that and the, they have to understand maybe why they're doing that. Ooh, I like that. Mm-hmm. And so people have to be aware of that. It's not always, but I, there is a level that you contribute into that and stuff. So, um, yeah, I think that, um, but yeah, there are certain situations that I, but I'm not like somebody that is, you know, I, I definitely am fine like being social and things like that. But I do notice there are, and sometimes it's dependent on my mood state. Like if I'm overly tired, it's harder for me to put up a wall um, or an energy barrier. So it might be hard, might, I might feel things mm-hmm. more actually. Like if you walk into a Starbucks and all of a sudden you, I just imagine it's like you go to get your coffee and it's like you, then you just hear all these fucking voices and you're like, leave me alone. <laughs> like, is that, that what does happen sometimes. Really? Um, uh, it just depends, you know, what the, I would say I'm so focused usually just when I'm like, if I'm doing something like that, like I'm, you know, I'm like, oh, I want my coffee. Do I want an oatmeal? Not really. Right. Maybe I should. <laughs> like I'm in my own head. Right. So I'm not like really like spying on people being like, ooh, you know, that person's grandmother's like dancing or something. <laughs> right. I, I'm kind of like, it, it, it requires concentration. So it would almost be like somebody saying, okay, you're an opera singer. Can you sing an opera and like order your Starbucks and do the same? Right. It, it's kind of like, I, I, I need to really be focused on that. And yeah. So, so have you ever been like struck by someone like, in, in a public place where you like have to even if you're not trying yeah, maybe yeah. something is so strong yeah. that you're like holy fuck I've got to tell you tap this them thing. on the shoulder totally yeah. um, I have um... excuse me <laughs> like what's her name um, Teresa Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Do you have a loved one that's passed? <laughs> she just walks up to strangers. <laughs> I, um, I write about it in my book a little bit, actually. Okay. Um, I write up a, a couple stories about um, the, where they're – and usually when that happens – um, and, and I, I'm, you know, I enjoy that show. I've watched it too. You know, so entertaining. That's not, you know, I, I don't know how much of that is really I, I, that I can relate to. Um, Interesting. Just because, I don't know. That's that's not really the, the you know, I don't know how. I, I just I can't personally relate to that because right. I'm not like going into delis and reading people. I think it's a sacred thing. Yeah. And I think that kind of. But sure, I have had moments like that. I don't know that I have so many, but it's happened probably a dozen or so times. I actually, um, there's a story in my book about a woman, she was in a Dwayne Reed in New York, and this little boy was like, literally, I saw this spirit boy around her, and I went up to her, and I know why it happened in retrospect is because she was a born-again Christian and did not believe in this stuff. And there's no way she would have been like going to the psychic. But mm-hmm. I know also that she needed to hear a message. And so I told her what I did. She didn't really want to hear about it. And then she kind of, you know, we talked for a little bit. And she's like, you know, I'm fine. I'll, I'll listen to what you have to say. And I shared the message and it really helped her. And we've actually stayed in touch since we became friends. Wow. Um, and... Um, She's talked about how, you know, I think it's very clear that's why that happened. So sometimes there is just these, but it has to be, a, there's usually a particular reason. Right. Right. Yeah. Spirit Boy and Dwayne Reed. <laughs> so how do you, like, if you're in a group of people, and because I watched, like, a bunch of your videos, and yeah. a lot of times you read in large rooms. Mm-hmm. So you can zero in on one person. How do you kind of quiet the masses to be mm-hmm. able to, like... Get the message yeah. across. Um, I think it's just kind of once I start focusing on that person, it it, 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 it it kind of the energy builds. And so it's harder for those other people for that time to get through. Right. So like, hold on, uh, Grandpa Bob, I'll get to you. We've got to deal with Sally right now. And sometimes I will say that. I will actually tell people, when, if you come to my group readings, I'll say, you know, um, <clears throat> um, you know, I've got your dad coming through and your mom or whatever. 
and um, hold on one second because I got to do your dad first. But so I'll just tell the people so that the, the spirit knows that they've been acknowledged. They're in the queue. Yeah, they're like ready. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, so I'm curious about the information that comes through, mm-hmm. and um, sometimes it's when I've when I've seen readings. I actually have never had a reading, mm-hmm. um, but it'll be like little like symbols mm. or little. Um, you know, like pointing to their eye. What does it, or that's just an example. Like, what right. does that mean? How come it's never just like a straightforward, like they say what up mm-hmm. and they want to let you know, like that <laughs> check out the left drawer mm-hmm. because there's something in there. Mm-hmm. Um, love you. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. How come it's so piecemeal? How come it's not like a like a succinct voicemail? I think. Well, I will say a couple of responses out. Sometimes it is. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it depends how the medium works. Mm-hmm. Um. I know what you're saying, though, um, that it does, there is a sense. The thing is, is it's, it's an energy and it's a vibration. Um, and first off, you have to understand that, you know, the medium has to get their vibration up high enough to reach the people who are over there. Um, and they, they use the medium's body and psyche and mind and, and, and intuitive feelings to bring through information and so there is a level of needing to interpret it because everything is in reference to the medium so for example you know that's why like for example when I teach people how to read auras um, I don't go with the system of like red means this green means this because colors are going to bring up something different in everybody and so it's better you know you have to get the intuitive understanding that you personally have as these reference points of these colors Mm. And so it's the same, you know, you have to build your symbolic language. Um, and, I, and, I, and I think that, you know, when they can, um, I mean, sometimes they bring up very specific things. You know, there's also a level of, you know, how much they can bring up without interfering, you know. I mean, for example, I mean, it would be great if everybody's loved one could say, you know, do this and then do that and then go here and then do, you know. But they have to allow you to live your life, too. They want to have a stake in this world. It's important for them, and they they want to stay connected to you here. But it is also important that you have to make your own decisions here, and they can't interfere with that process. Um, so that's what I would say to that. But, you know, it, it, it's mostly what your question is, is mostly – I think it's because it's an energy, and it, it needs to be – Interpreted. Yeah. I mean, it's just like if you're in a relationship with somebody and it's not going well, you know, you you might have a lot of mixed feelings and a lot of, you know, different things. It may just, you know, and it may be even sometimes hard for you to articulate, you know. Um, so it's it's that. But I also think it depends how the medium works. Okay. How yeah. do you raise your vibes? What's your, yeah, like, you practice think? of vibe raising? Um, Are you like Tony Robbins <laughs> doing, like, a lot of kundalini breathing <laughs> and jumping on a trampoline? Or what's your... Um, I do, you know, a morning meditation. Um, I like to, you know, read something kind of spiritual in the morning. Um, I'll read like, you know, Esther Hicks or something like that. Um, I try to, um, you know, throughout my day, take moments where, you know, try to have some gratitude, things like that. I try to be very aware of who I have in my space. Um, yeah, I'll do, you know, I, I, I try to also mix it up, too, because I feel like just like anything else, like even when you're like working out at the gym, you know, you're supposed to mix up the exercises you do. Because I do think your body kind of adapts over time. Right. And so I think it's important to try new things and, you know, do, you know, like. 
I'll just do random things sometimes that I'm like, maybe I should do that. You know, and What's I'll try. What's a things. random thing you've done recently? Like, um, I don't like a, m- a month ago. I just gave up alcohol for like I had I gave it up for like three months. So nice. yeah, I just ended a month ago. But I was just like, eh, I don't know why I'm just going to give it up. It wasn't like I was out getting bombed every night. Right. But I figured I don't know. I'm just going to do that. Yeah. yeah. So I did that for like. Yeah, that definitely has a vibrational effect. Yes, huge. And so um, and I've noticed even since I'm less drawn to alcohol, actually. Mm -hmm. I could see you wearing like a pretty significant amethyst crystal around your neck. Hmm. You need like a like a heart. I do. (laughs) I need to get you one of those. That's my my clairvoyance is telling (laughs) me that you need that. Thank you. Yes. Um, What's the name of your book? Just because I don't want to forget to ask you that. Never argue with a dead person. Ha. (laughs) We're curious. In the pop culture realm, in particular, this mm-hmm. upcoming election. Okay. If you've gotten any hits in terms of how things are going to play out. Um, well, five years ago when she was going around saying that she was never going to run for president, I was like, no. HRC. Yeah. I, I knew she was. Mm-hmm. And I knew she would. I felt she would win. I still feel like she would win. Um And I also predicted that right before the election, she was going to get sick. And I I predicted it on several radio shows, Geraldo's radio show on WABC in New York. So it's documented. Um, And I'm pretty much going to stick with that And um, since I've been right so far. And I I, I do feel she is going to win. It was pretty. I feel like she needs, like, a health coach with her. She definitely does. She really needs somebody who's, like, giving her acupuncture and making sure she takes, like, 10 minutes for herself, like, she just looks so tired, mm. and it's the like schedule the most that they stressful. Yeah. yeah, I think she. You know, my sense is too. Probably, I think once she gets into the off uh, into the, I think she will be open to that type of stuff. You know, I feel like even though she gets made, you know, joked about like being kind of rigid or a certain mm-hmm. way, I, I see feel like energetically she's a lot really open to the spiritual realm, and I think once she gets through this last bit of the, I think she'll probably actually. I think a lot of that stuff will subdue. I think we'll start to see a more relaxed version of her. She's just trying so hard right now. Yeah, and you have to figure also, you know, she's got so much on the line, you know, and she, you know, she got, you know, she bombed the first time. And, you know, she really, you know, there's so many. But I think what's amazing about her energy is just that she constantly phoenixes. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like she, she, she constantly transcends, you know, huge situations. So... Um, as far as Trump, I mean, I think that, I mean, I feel he's going to still, I don't feel like he's going to like lose and go away. No. I feel he's definitely going to, you know, he's going to still, I think he's going to go for other political things. Um, you know, I don't know about president, but I could see him going for like mayor of New York or something. I, I feel like he's That gonna, would like make sense. Yeah. I feel like, like be the mayor of New York. You already own yeah. half of it anyway. Yeah. I, we don't care. I feel like more in media. Oh, yeah, he's definitely going to have, I feel he's going to have, like, a whole TV. Like, like a he, network. Yeah, he's going to have a network, for sure. That's what I've, Yeah, that's mm-hmm. my Claire. Um, okay, so let's move to that other section. Okay. Where, yeah. who's hanging out with yeah, us? Yeah, we're really curious. <laughs> this is a new segment we called, Who's Here? Who's Here? <laughs> <laughs> have you, so, have either of you ever done a reading? Mm-mm. Neither of you? No. Mm-mm. Never even somebody on the street or? Uh, one time some lady on the street got me. But I think she was just a scam oh, artist. I've had. Um, <laughs> it was a, like when I was like 18 in New York and mm-hmm. I was like lost. And she's like, I'll, t- I'll guide you. I was like, anybody. Like I was crying. I had a Reiki healing about two years ago and uh, someone came through during that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. And you could relate to it? Oh, yeah. Cool. Um, so we'll just start maybe if, if you know, um, I want to say that I feel, 
Um, so I feel like I'm getting your grandmother. Um, I feel like this is your grandmother. I'm more with you. Um, this feels like on your mom's side, actually. I'm mm -hmm. feeling like your mom's mom. Um, and um, I'm not feeling like it's a super, like, a recent passing. It doesn't feel really feel really, really recent to me. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm going back a little bit. Um, but I, I do feel like she's she's coming through. She's, um, there's reference to, I don't know if this is, like, with her or your, um, I don't know if this is her or your grandfather, but there's reference to, like, another country. So I don't know, like, if they came in from another country. Um, but there's reference to another country. And I want to put, um, she's showing me like music, music notes and stuff. Um, and <laughs> like I'm seeing like almost like, I don't know, I'm not a musician, so I don't, like the, almost like charts. You know what I'm saying? Like music charts. She keeps showing me music charts. And this might be something, I don't know if it's in existence anymore. I'm not, I can't really feel the vibe with it. But I'm seeing a piano that was like passed down or there's like a really, really special piano that she's talking about that she, it, it feels like there was like she you know she passed it down so this is a woman i feel like she's super super smart um she's very like um almost like i want to say maybe smarter than how maybe women should have been at that time like you know like it, it kind of like that type of thing like i feel like she was a little bit of, you know not not that they should have been but i almost feel like she was kind of ahead of ahead of her time a little bit so I feel your grandmother's coming through also. It's like the grandmother day. But your but but hold on I'm not done with you, but I just want to tell you your I feel I wasn't getting anything at first for you, but now I feel like your grandmother's coming in. So I don't want to feel like I'm repeating myself, but I think it's your mom's mom. I feel it's your mom mom's mom. Um I was starting to feel a little bit when when you mentioned the ring, but your mom's mom is coming through. I wanna say that I don't want you to take a bad feeling away from this, but I feel a little bit she's um She's, I feel like there's something she's still trying to work out over there. She seems like she's, there's a little bit of, I don't want to say unresolved, but kind of like she's figuring something out over there. Um, I feel that, um, and she's showing me also, um, is there like a recent passing she would bring up she just died oh she just died yeah because i felt like this is kind of she's talking i was getting something there's something recent okay so she's talking about her own transition um she's funny because she's extra i feel like she's extremely like kind of like strong-willed yeah and she's really pissed that she didn't make a certain birthday so i don't know like it's almost like she's like i wanted to make that and why didn't i you know but she's fine about it, but it's almost like she was, I feel like she was like focused on this or something. She's bringing this up. I want to just tell you too, um, I don't know, this could be on the other side of the family. So I don't know how this, there there could be somebody from the other side of the family or somebody else, like, could be like her and somebody else on her side of the family, or it could be like, this is your mom's mom. And then there's a, there's a, somebody on your dad's side, but there's a Miriam. Is it? Oh, Mimi is my um, like an aunt or something. Yeah, my grandfather's sister. Yeah, I was gonna say. So it's the other side of her family, right? Yeah. Did you know her? Yeah, like a little family bit. Family function. Yeah. And um, I need to also. And who connects with Ben? Ben is my young. Oh, I have a cousin Ben too. Whoa. But this is somebody oh, oh, died. Oh, you have a dad. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, okay, so there's definitely a Ben who comes through too, and I'm this oh. may this might not be for right now, but he's he's definitely mentioning. Um, you'd have to I think feel like you might have to ask your dad about this, but he's showing me. It looks like a watch. Like I'm seeing, I just keep seeing like a watch. I don't know what this is, but he showed me a watch, and I feel that. Um, did your has your mom lost a dog? By the way. I'm not good with dog breeds, but there's like a kind of a bigger dog I'm picking up. Yeah, she a while ago. Oh, 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 yeah. Okay. And I, I want to say also, I don't know if this is really right now for you guys, but I feel that um, there there's opportunities with something with it, with something with it's kind, first off, there's a very good energy with you two. I feel I'm actually seeing like, um, it, it it's it feels to me like the balance between you guys like you know you, you you your strengths are the other person's weaknesses this person's strengths are the other person's you know so you guys are a good balance together um i could i, I feel like it's a very grounded connection you know sometimes it doesn't feel to me like sometimes with partners it's hard because there can be competition but i'm feeling with you guys that there's a balance um in terms of um just the direction of your, you know, it feels like you, this is a, a relationship that will definitely endure. Um, now, they're not telling me that this is going to be um, really, really soon, but I want to tell you that um, there's something with video or TV. So <clears throat> I feel like there's going to be opportunities with maybe doing a part of your show where it's recorded or a part of show where it's on the TV um, but I, I feel something, I don't know, video, TV, it feels the same. I don't get differences there. So, you know, it would, I don't know which one it would be, but there's something with that. Um, and also they're telling me that there is some, some collaborations that are coming up with you with, it's like, um, I must want to say with like brands or something somehow, like they're going to want to maybe do business with you or have you go, you know, maybe to their place or their, you know, boutique or whatever. And like, you know, maybe you'll be able to form collaborations with them. So just, um, I feel like there's going to be some frustrations with maybe not, you know, like having to really make this, you know, see, see what happens and stuff. But I feel, um, I want to say, I, I feel, I feel, I, I feel something very strong about mm -hmm. that. I think that you are, um, yeah. And they're, they're telling me also that, one of the things that you guys are going to have to balance out in your dynamic here is just that you both are going to also have opportunities independent of this. So it might be like, you know, I feel like you're going to do this still, but it's almost like you might have other things too to kind of, you know, f have. So you just have to kind of, I feel like balance all that out and stuff. But I feel, um, it's funny because as soon as, I felt like as soon as I came here, um, I just felt like a really good, I don't know, just a really good vibe. Really, I felt like there's, a very good just energy balance with you too. <sighs> Definitely. Yeah. I feel that. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so blown away. <laughs> so my, my uh, Alma came over in 1938 mm -hmm. and was a classical piano teacher. Mm, that's so and, crazy. And um, was a single mom and worked when at a time when most women weren't working. She right. always was working. Yeah. Um, so that was just so on the money. I'm mm. so, <laughs> my heart is so full right now. Oh, good. I'm That's glad. so crazy that we have that grandmother <laughs> connection because like my one that came through was the first woman to graduate from Columbia School of Optometry. And then she and her husband started an optometry business together oh. that my uncle worked in and my mother worked in. And it's like, 
Yeah. Trailblazers. So <laughs> Trailblazing <laughs> bitches <laughs> in the house. Wow. That should be our next, that should be our after show. <laughs> yeah. Trailblazing bitches. Thomas, that was fucking crazy. Ooh, I'm shaking right now. <laughs> um, and um, on the, the balance tip for, uh, mm-hmm. we see an astrologer and Elizabeth is a Taurus with a Scorpio rising, and I'm Scorpio with Taurus rising. So we oh literally are yeah. like yin and yang of each wow. other. That was fucking that crazy. Was so well, you beautiful. Get, you have to get yourself an amethyst. I have to send you one. Okay, I'm gonna look into it. Yeah, I feel like that's, <laughs> that's really awesome. good. And so you do um, these group readings and trainings. Are you touring the country, or how can people? Yeah, can I'm find all you? over. So I'm mediumthomas.com, and um, <laughs> people can find me on. You know, Instagram, Twitter, all those things. So I'm I'm all over. You know, I spent a lot of time in New York, LA, Chicago, but other places too. I'm going to Cincinnati and Michigan this weekend. So oh, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Well yep, Cincinnati. And, and so you're at mediumthomas.com socials. All medium Thomas. Medium yeah. Thomas. At medium Keep Thomas. it yeah. simple. Not a small, not a large. He's a medium. <laughs> and the name of your book, Never Fight with a Dead Person. Never argue. Never argue. <laughs> Never argue. <laughs> Languaging. <laughs> Never argue with a dead person. Thomas, yeah. thank you so much. That was so amazing. For having me. So blown away. Thank you. Thanks for having <sighs> me. It. Bye. <sighs> Damn. <Whoa. laughs> Roses and thorns. I'm still not over our new jingle. Elizabeth, but, what are your roses? Ooh, okay. Well, there's so many roses in this world. There I'm going to start with my thorn and say, oh, worst for first, okay. just to go back to the top of the show. Okay. This pipeline scenario is feels heavy on my heart. Yeah. But I feel really grateful that we have such incredible friends and people just in this world who yeah. are working to bring attention to it. And we're at this place right now where change can happen on such epic levels because of our way of transferring information. I feel that. So, well, what I thought was so beautiful about something that Raviv said is that our generation and the generation beneath us are waking up and this isn't a new problem. We've always been since in in the beginning of the industrial society and even the beginning of like Stripping the land from the natives, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago. We've always been irresponsibly, de- you know, diminishing our natural resources. And I feel like what's awesome about us now with the information age is that we can shift that. Yeah. And do and, our part. And we have enough technological advances to be able to really change over to a different mode of living in the society. And this is really what feels like only the beginning Mm -hmm. of that huge environmental shift that we're experiencing on an interpersonal level that we talk about on this show every single day in terms of wellness and health and consciousness. And we can take that conversation from the individual to the global with conversations like this and contributing to projects like this, which are are going to make a dent in that. Yeah, so let's shift that thorn into a stem and just say we're hopeful. Yeah, we're hopeful and we're happy for once that the internet exists. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, positivity. <laughs> yeah. All right. I well, have a really other really super duper random thorn okay. that has nothing to do with the Dakota Agus pipeline. That's not hashtag wellness. It's a but hard could be. swing in the other direction. It's 
back to the Kardashians. Ugh. I know. I'm sorry, but here's I the thing. I feel like this is something that, like, a gift that I've bestowed upon you. I was just thinking that in the beginning of a show, our show two years ago, when you'd bring up the Kardashians, I was rolling my eyes and I was gagging and I was cutting myself and it was <laughs> and it was messy. It was so messy and it was bloody and it almost <laughs> ruined our friendship. To be honest with you guys, but we came back because she got me involved. You know what it was? I became a reality person. I I got on a show and I had to do my research and I started to get it and I got like hooked on like the right. model. Anyways. As many of you well know, Kim Kardashian was held at gunpoint in a Paris apartment. Due to flaunting her wealth, one Due might say. Due to fla- flaunting her wealth. Now, I don't think that she deserved it by any means. I think it's a horrible thing. It's a complete violation. It's terrifying, obviously. That said. That being said, yesterday on Instagram, Khloe Kardashian decides to post a picture of her hand on top of what I assume is her new boyfriend's hand. I saw them at a bar once, Taylor. And it's both of them wearing, she's wearing three diamond rings. Diamonds. Diamond rings. And he's wearing a giant, like, what, I guess it's like a playoff athlete thing. But they're covered in diamonds. And I'm like, do you really think it's in good taste to flaunt your fucking diamonds and make it a point to put that on the internet when your sister almost was just fucking killed because of that? And I get maybe it's, like, some sort of, like, personal resistance where she's, like, I'm not going to let, like, a f- you know. Those Parisian those robbers bring me down. people hold me down. I'm, but it's also, like, Kim hasn't even come back to social media yet. Like, obviously, something is, like, really going on that's, Thorn. like, really dark. I know. I, like, <laughs> miss her. Um, it's just, like, it just feels uncouth to me. I agree. So I ask my readers, <laughs> listeners, <laughs> Chloe Kardashian, diamond pick, chic or shriek. <laughs> and rant. Um, okay, Rose, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say it. We had a wellness date last week and did cryo. Mm. Could be potentially my new thing. I'm fucking addicted to it. I mean, it was the coldest actual experience. So my for- nipples took out Elizabeth's eyes. Uh, but It was nice. Yeah. Um, for those of you who might not be aware, although I feel like you all are, this one's maybe like for my dad who's listening yeah. or something. So cryotherapy is you're going in a nitrogen-filled coldness scenario for... Tank slash... Tank? Like locker? It was like a locker. Scientific definition here, yeah. folks. Yeah. Um, and for like two to three minutes, mm-hmm. and essentially we you get your body gets very cold, thus it goes into fight or flight mode, and you have rapid cell regeneration. There's a myriad of benefits that can go from like physical benefits. What's that word? Myriad? Is that a word? I think it's myriad. Okay, well, always learning the English language <laughs> on this show <laughs> while being recorded. So bear with me. Um, Anyway, so <laughs> your like beauty benefits, your skin gets revitalized, physically ailments, your muscle aches, reduces inflammation, your energy levels. It's a regenerative spike. Po- process. Afterwards, I was waking up the next three days, six thirty in the morning, on the dot, popping out of bed, feeling like a million bucks. I've never felt like I truly understood what active rest was. Until I, after I did that. Right. I, when I went, we went back to Elizabeth's house and I hadn't really slept too much the night before. So we, she was doing some work and I laid on the couch and I closed my eyes and I was like napping, but it felt like I was like doing sit ups in my nap. It was like so crazy. And when I woke up, I felt 
so awake. Normally when I wake up from a nap, I feel like groggy, groggy yeah. and so fucking hungry. Like I could literally eat like four meals and mm-hmm. I'm like maybe like a weirdly nap drunk stoned. And this I was just like so awake, like ready to go. It was the my only thorn about cryo is that it's too expensive. It's really expensive, but you yeah. can get like introductory rates. I would say Google where you can find it in your town. A lot of places after my research, I was like, I need to know. Where to get more? Yeah, <laughs> I need more supply. Um, a can lot we just of places buy you can of dry ice do and it, put it in our closet. Maybe <laughs> budget wellness. Yeah, uh, a lot of places you can do like an introductory test of it for like forty five dollars. Normally it runs like sixty five seventy, but um, I personally want to try it a few more times to see. I'm not sure if it was like the Sedona intense supermoon or like what was going on, but things felt amazing. Total Rose, thank you to Brooke over at Renew in Culver City. We yes. did a little snap or Insta story. Yeah. Hope you guys loved it. And then my other rose is just that Westworld is a fucking incredible television show, and I want all of you to watch it immediately. We've got Stephanie Simbari talking about the Kardashians and HBO television, you guys. I feel like. I guess what we've learned here today <laughs> is that I'm extremely well rounded. <laughs> I put a lot of good stuff in my brain and I put a lot of questionable stuff in my brain. But at the end of the day, I always watch The Voice as my palate cleanser. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Um, what are you going to be for Halloween? I want to be a couple of different things. Okay. I don't really want to like tell you right now okay. on air, although I am considering being Miss Frizzle. <laughs> right. So I just told you. <laughs> you, you did But say to it. be honest with you, Elizabeth, I don't really care about – Halloween this year. Like, we have a show on Monday at No Name on Fairfax. If you guys want to come, let us Shoot know. Shoot us an email. 432 North Fairfax, 9 p.m. It's a Halloween show. It's going to be fucking dope. We have that happening. But in terms of, like, raging this weekend, I'm kind of like, nay, nay. West Hollywood, and any of our L.A. listeners can uh, relate to this, is disgusting over Halloween. Yeah. You cannot get anywhere. It's so packed with people, and it's so aggressive that... I'm not trying to get involved in that. Yeah, I just don't care. It's weird. I got rid of my doorbell three Halloweens ago because, like, madness was going on outside, and I was like, nope. That's hilarious. <laughs> I just keep flashing back to the Halloween. Elizabeth and I had a Halloween a few years ago where we I went to her house, we painted our faces, we looked cute, and then we were like, had to get in an Uber to go to this guy's house that I'd been, like, loosely dating, who's having a party. Remember? Yeah, we had cute Ziggy Stardust makeup. The makeup was awesome. Um... But I was, we went outside and we saw these two people with like a Whole Foods bag and like a baguette coming out of it (laughs) and like a wine bottle and they were just calmly, chilly going back into their home. And I was like, we were both like, what we want. Why the fuck are we not doing that? Like, why are we going out right now? This is so stupid. And I kind of feel like this year I want, I feel like I want it to be the year where I observe that impulse. I mean, anything could happen. Who knows? But I I just, I don't have that. Cut to Steph like raging her face off. No, but, okay, actually, I'm trying after well, my birthday is next week. Right. And so after my birthday, up to Halloween, I'm going to do, like, a liver cleanse and not have any alcohol because my acupuncturist told me that my eye might be Ugh. having a difficult time I knew healing. We almost <laughs> made it. We almost made this it one pertinent. show. This is pertinent to our listeners' interests, guys. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> my, I'm not going to complain. I, I haven't been complaining. I've been doing meditations. I'm so happy that my eye is healing gracefully. However, my acupuncturist told me that one of the reasons why it might be taking – because she goes, you haven't started, like, drinking a lot all of a sudden, have you? And I was like, I kind of have been, like – 
drinking more than usual over the last couple of months, I think, just because I've been, like, lonely. And on Friday nights, I'm like, I'm going to go to No Name and drink because, like, that's where my friends are. And, like, they give me free shots, you know? Like, I've just been going and having fun. But at the same time, she said that eye stuff is linked to the liver not cleansing toxins properly. And I have already a problem removing toxins because of my MTHRF gene mutation, which you guys, one in two Your people... Your <laughs> No, one in two people have this. It's when you don't methylate B vitamins One in two people? Yeah, it's very common. Most people don't know they have it. They're Mm. just tired. They don't know why. It's something everyone should get their blood checked for their vitamin levels because it's really significant and down the line can lead to like a lot of disease if you don't fill the deficiencies. But that being said, when you have this, it's harder for you to remove toxins from your body. So if my liver is being overworked and I'm having something that's not healing, it could be connected. And so I want to give myself a break entirely so my eye can heal and Elizabeth and I can go back to being friends. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah. Um, it's She's the third lady. Yeah, she's actually is real, con. Yours. real con. Um, I want to thank Thomas John. That was awesome. Thank for his you. beautiful, sharing his beautiful gift with us. And Martin, Jordan, and Raviv also for sharing their beautiful gift. Can we mention that Revive is Phil of the Future? Do people care? Sure, yeah. I feel like people are like, is that the guy? Yeah, so Disney guy. And also Martin was on Eight Simple Rules. Eight Simple Rules. Yeah. So if you guys are like, those that name sounds familiar, it is familiar. Elizabeth loves a Hollywood throwback tie-in. I do, right? <laughs> Who doesn't? Um, anyway, you guys are just beautiful, magical gifts. We wish everybody a safe, Halloween. Yes. Send us your Ask Ambi questions. Can I ask you guys to send any like wellnessy Halloween things you're doing? Like maybe you're making like raw vegan pumpkin cookies or something. Like I want to know about that stuff. Write us in. Let us know. Yeah, let us know. I'm trying to get involved with some like cool stuff for Halloween. I just I don't want to just get drunk and make out with a stranger. I did that last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, we're still doing the Mercado Sagado giveaway for next weekend, first weekend of November. Oh, fun. Shoot us a tag in a Instagram post or Twitter post or what have you. Tag us. Let us know where you're listening to That's a Retrograde and you can be entered to win two magical tickets and we'll be there and we'll hang out. Um, anyway. Uh, love to love you, baby. Love to love you all. Thank you for listening. Just Please. Go shine your light. Shine your light and reach out to us. Hit us up at that's a retrograde gmail.com at so retrograde Instagram and Twitter. You know, like don't be strangers, you guys. We miss you constantly. Namaste listening. Toodaloo. Yes, that's a retrograde.